It was Christmas Eve, and the pastor had been working all week to try to make sure that the message was going to be absolutely perfect. And he, he sweat over it all week, just trying to make sure he had it just right. And then came Christmas Eve, and he stood up to preach. And every once in a while in a pastor's life, things don't quite come together. And he felt like during the entire message, he was looking for something logical to say. He'd planned, he'd prayed, and yet it, it just wasn't coming together. He felt like he was just rambling around trying to, trying to find a point he could share, and, and it just all the pieces didn't fit. And so he finally brought the message to a close. And he went off down the pulpit, and he was just feeling defeated, feeling like it was an absolute flop. But because he's a pastor, because it's Christmas Eve, he made his way to the door to greet all his church family as they went out and to wish them a Merry Christmas. There was one lady who came by. She was a longtime member of the church. And she looked at him and with a little smile on her face, and she said, Pastor, I just want to let you know that, that tonight... Your sermon reminded me so much of the peace of God and of the love of God. And he was stunned because he didn't feel like he got anything across. And so he goes, really? How did, that, how did that happen? She said, well, I'll tell you. She said, it reminded me of the peace of God because it surpassed all understanding. And it reminded me of the love of God because it seemed to endure forever. Well, tonight I will attempt on this Christmas Eve maybe to do just a little bit better. But those themes of peace and love are perfect because they come together at Christmas. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9 says this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, listen to this, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The prince of peace, of his government and of his peace that will be no end. But what we've discovered living on this earth for a little while is that peace can be a very elusive thing, can it? Something that seems so temporary because we live in a world that is full of conflict, full of tension, and full of heartache. We don't have to think back too far to when the transition took place in Afghanistan and, and we saw all those Afghanis gathered at the airport and we saw mothers trying to give their, their babies to an American soldier to, to get them out of the country because it was such a, a desperate time. And we saw people, you know, just clinging to planes, doing anything. And we look at that and we go, my goodness, where's the peace in the world when we see something like that? Or, or more recently in the last couple of weeks as we have mourned over the, 
the, the tornadoes that, that ripped through five states and, and really did a, 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 you know, just tore up so much, tore up entire towns in Kentucky. It was just, it was just a kind of a terrible thing. And we look at that and, and, and we, we wonder, where is the peace? There are so many things, great and small, that threaten to disrupt, to disturb, and to rob us of this peace. In 1863, a poet by the name of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow sat down and, and wrote out a poem. And the poem was entitled Christmas Bells. And with such a light and airy title like that, you would assume it would be a really, really cheery poem. But Longfellow had gone through a lot of tragedies in his life. And as a matter of fact, in the midst of writing this, remember it's 1863, it's right in the middle of the Civil War. His son had been called to active duty. He had signed up and he had gone to fight in the war. And even though he wasn't fatally wounded, he was seriously wounded. And so on this Christmas, he's writing this poem out. And you can get a bit of the desperation that comes through in the words he wrote. He wrote this, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. For many of you who are here right now and for some of you who are watching at home, you can absolutely identify with those words. Because of circumstances in your life, you're saying, hey, listen, I can't find very much that looks like peace in my world. I know exactly how Longfellow felt because I could write those same words today. And so when we read in Isaiah uh, this promise of the Prince of Peace, how do we put that together? In a world that Jesus said, and remember, Jesus did say, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. In that kind of a world, how is Jesus then the prince of peace? What kind of peace did he bring? Well, the apostle Paul put it this way. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have peace with God through Jesus. Peace with God. You see, Jesus is that prince of peace that was foretold so long ago. And it is in this Jesus that you and I can have forgiveness of our sins. Here's the reality. The Bible says that we're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. That means there's none of us here. There's none of you at home. There's none of us who are free from sin. Our lives were all stained with sin. And the problem is that that sin separates us from God, and there's absolutely nothing that we can do to remove it from our own lives. That being the case, God sent his son to give us peace with him, to be the prince of peace for us. 
And it is only by trusting in him and, and being received in Christ that we can actually stand before a brilliantly holy God. That's the only way we can stand in his presence. And in fact, what happens is the Bible tells us that where we were once enemies of God, that we become a friend of God. Even more than that, a child of God. It is because of Jesus and only because of Jesus that I can call God Father. And that you can call God Father. It is because of Jesus that I can have peace with God. And more than that, I can have peace with others who also share the same faith. And it is only because of what Jesus did for us that you and I can sing with integrity. It is well. It is well with my soul. You see, we think of peace in one way, but peace is more than simply the absence of conflict. That's what we think about. Peace in reality is a presence of Jesus, which means that even in the midst of conflict, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulation, we can still have joy and peace and hope because of Jesus. As Paul wraps up his letter to the church in Corinth, he, he gives them this blessing. He says, the God of love and peace will be with you. That's the kind of God we have. The God of love and the God of peace. You see, God's love and his peace, they belong together. And there is no peace possible apart from the love of God for us. There is no peace apart from the love of God for us. John 3.16 reminds us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what it means to have peace with God. I have a relationship with him through faith in his Son. That is the ultimate peace. Because when this all-too-brief life is over, when it's all said and done, we have a promise from God himself of a glorious life that will never, ever end. And it only comes through Jesus. It's a gift from God. Uh, some of you have already gone through a gift exchange, right, at your homes or wherever. And, or maybe you're looking forward to that with family tomorrow as you're giving and receiving gifts. Here's the thing about a gift. A gift is not something you earn. When someone hands you a gift, you don't say, okay, how much do I owe you for that? It's not something you even deserve. Oftentimes a gift, you're given a gift in spite of whether you deserve it or not. Gifts are entirely different from a, a salary or a wage. If we got what we deserve, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But it goes on to tell us that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Peace comes to us not by our works but by God's grace and God's grace pours forth from his inexhaustible 
love. We know a little bit. We know a fraction of that. You, you moms especially, because quite frankly, you got stuck with a lot with kids that we dads got, got away without. But when that child didn't sleep but 30 minutes or an hour at night, and this has gone on for not just days but weeks, and you're wondering, will I ever get any sleep ever again? And you finally lay down and you're deep in a dream. And you hear, wah! It takes an inexhaustible love to get up and once again go in and pick up that child and to cradle him or to cradle her and to love them. And we get in that just just a glimmer, just a, a glimpse, a fraction of the inexhaustible love of God for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible says that God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't have to get ourselves cleaned up. We didn't have to get ourselves fixed up. We didn't have to fix our own sin problem in spite of ourselves, God's, in God's perfect timing, he sent his perfect son to be the perfect sacrifice for imperfect people like me. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And guess what? That's the state of all humanity apart from Christ. This is where the manger and the cross come together in Jesus. Jesus did not come on that first Christmas just to give us a, a feel-good holiday with bright lights and beautifully wrapped presents and lots of, of sweet things to eat. Jesus came on a mission to save us from our sins. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name is Jesus, which means the Lord saves. And of all the gifts that you might receive this Christmas season, far above them all is the gift of Jesus. For by grace you have been saved. By faith. This is not anything that you've done yourselves. It is the gift of of God and it's it's not by works it's not by anything that you can do so none of us can boast or brag before God that we got there on our own and you're here most of you who are here tonight are here to celebrate this gift that you have received this gift that gives you hope that fills you with love that fills you with joy that fills you with peace it is a gift beyond anything that this world could offer because it gives us a calm certainty that no matter what happens in this life, that God holds me securely in the palm of his hand now and forever. But there may be some of you here tonight who need to receive that gift. That this is the night that God has laid it on your heart that you need to receive this gift God's word tells us that if we confess with our mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, then we'll be saved. Maybe tonight you're ready to confess Jesus as Lord and to place your faith in him as the resurrected Savior. Maybe tonight is the night that you come and and lay down your life and receive the life that only God can give through faith in his son Jesus. Maybe this is the day that you come to know a peace that is beyond all understanding that can guard both your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And if that's the case, then I'm going to invite you right where you are to just pray with me. There's nothing magical about the words, nothing mystical about the words. But if you pray this from your heart, you truly believe this with all your heart, you're ready to surrender your life to Christ tonight, then you can leave here with that peace because you have peace with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Tonight I come to turn away from sin and to turn to Jesus. Lord God, tonight, because your spirit is drawing me, I place my faith in Jesus as my Savior, and I will follow him as Lord. Thank you for loving me enough to send your son to die on a cross for my sins. Thank you for loving me enough to give me the promise of a home with you in heaven forever. Thank you for loving me enough to call me your child and that I can call you father. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that today, perhaps for the first time, I just want, we'd like to know, because we'd like to help you as you begin your journey with Christ. A simple way that you can do that, we're not going to ask you to come forward tonight, but we will say this. If you would just send us a message, just send the name Jesus to 706-703-4477. We're going to follow up with you this coming week. And help you begin that journey with Christ. If you go, hey, listen, I'm not, not too good on the texting thing. Then send us an email. Just send it to my next steps at gracefellowship.ws. And just let us know that God spoke to your heart tonight and called you to follow Christ. And, and we want to follow. We want to help you begin that journey. There is no greater gift. I don't care what it is. I know all the car commercials say you want to go outside, find a car with a big red ribbon on it. Christmas morning but I can assure you the greatest gift of all is the gift of faith through our Lord Jesus Christ and God can give you that tonight in Jesus name Amen in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and everything that has been made is, is made by Him. And, and nothing that has been made has been made apart from Him. 
in him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness could not, cannot, and will not overcome it. I want to ask our candlelighting ushers if they would come forward at this time. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But he told his disciples, you are the light of the world. So tonight, from the Christ candle, we take the light of Christ and we become what Jesus called us to be, the light of the world. And beyond simply being the light, we have the privilege to share the light.